2: Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman of Behind the Steel Curtain, and it's time for a very odd and strange Sunday edition of the Steelers Preview Podcast. Uh, With the Thanksgiving holiday on Thursday, Brian thankfully jumped in and did a Thanksgiving episode of the Q&A as I was out of town, Dave was visiting family as well, and here we are on Sunday getting you ready for the Steelers Week 12 game on Monday Night Football against the Indianapolis Colts. Dave Schofield is not with us today. He had to take care of some family business, but joining me, Brian Davis. What's up, Brian? How's it
1: going? It is so great to be here, Jeff. And let me tell you that, that Q and a the other night, that was so much fun with uh, my Thanksgiving buddies, with all of my friends. And uh, it it was really, it it was a blast to do. It was only supposed to go a half an hour and went an hour because we were having way too much fun and we were being thankful. And it's, it's nice to hear some stories and share some stories. It was great. Now, it's two something on Sunday. There's no Steelers. And I hate that. I, I despise that whatsoever. I need them on my Sundays. Then I'm watching the Ravens and the Jaguars. And when I see a mascot wearing an American flag Speedo, I'm done. So I'd rather <laughs> spend time with you.
2: Um, uh, do we have a, do we have, do you have the scores? It's 10, that's it. AFC North Roundup scores right now, as we are live here at two 53 PM. Eastern time, the Bengals and Titans are tied up at 10. The Jaguars are leading the Ravens 10 to
1: nine. And do you have a score on the Browns? The last I saw, I think it was, uh, it was tied, but that's not a hard thing for me to find. I don't even, Gosh, who are they even playing? <laughs>
2: They're playing sure. the Buccaneers. I got that's it 17 to 10 Buccaneers lead in the third quarter. Uh, so some, do it. some interesting scores. We'll keep you up to date on those. Uh, but the whole AFC North is playing right now in the one o'clock slot. We'll again, keep you up to date with that, but still, There's a lot to talk about with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Mainly you have these two kind of middle of the road, you know, middle of the road teams. You have the three and seven Steelers. What are are the four, six, and one? Is that their record?
1: Absolutely. They are four, six, and one.
2: Okay. Four, six, and one record. Uh, What are your expectations for this game, Brian? And not so much from the grand scope of things, just for this week. Like when you think about this upcoming game on Monday Night Football primetime, which I'm sure ESPN and the NFL are just – oh my gosh, we really have this matchup. Uh, what are your thoughts
1: about this game? Well, the Colts are going to be trying to win. And they're going to be trying hard to win because Jeff Saturday wants to keep his interim job. He wants to take the interim off and be the head coach. There's going to be players looking to keep their job, uh, including Matt Ryan. You know, there, there's guys that want to stick around. And this is a team that should have been a lot better. If you remember, At the beginning of the season, when we were picking games, I was afraid that the Colts could possibly be eleven and zero at this point, because I thought they were going to be very, very, very good. And you know, they just hit the disappointment trail big time. But they've got those guys back. They have players like Jonathan Taylor—not Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Jeff gets excited every time I see Jonathan Taylor because he's (laughs) JTT. (laughs) JTT, you know what (laughs) JTT?
2: No, not like
1: (laughs) did anybody call him JTT? Yeah, a a lot
2: of people did.
1: That was a Tiger Beat thing back in the 90s, with home improvement. Um, yeah, so you know, Jonathan Taylor's back and he's he's coming into his own again. I know he killed people that had the number one pick in fantasy and picked them like me in one league, and then (laughs) my team stunk because he was bad and gone. So, you know, I'm expecting. Two teams really trying to win this game, and I expect it to be pretty good. And I, like we're going to talk about later, expect it to be low scoring.
2: You know, it's funny because I've, I have to do every week uh, part of the preview aspect of uh, SB Nation's agreement with DraftKings is that the editors of the sites have to exchange like a Q and A. You ask five questions, you answer, you send them five questions, they answer. And I was I was basically. Uh asking the editor of the Colts, Stampede Blue is what it's called for SB Nation. I was asking their editor, what are your all thoughts? And he was actually very envious of the Steelers, not from a draft position standpoint. He said, I'm I'm envious in the fact that you all at least took a shot at a quarterback. He's you know, you think about what the Colts have done the last few years, they've basically been bouncing around with guys, older guys, veterans trying to find that one guy that could that could stick, whether you're thinking about Philip Rivers at the end of his career, the Carson Wentz experiment, and now Matt Ryan, they've never addressed that position. And he said, at least the Steelers took a swing at the position when they felt there was a need. And so in that aspect, I never really thought of it that way. It could be different for the Steelers. They could be, you think about it. They didn't draft Kenny Pickett and they're just rolling with Mitch Trubisky and Mason Rudolph. They're kind of kicking the can down the road. And the Steelers took a shot. Is it the, did they, did they win that? Is that the best move possible? We won't know that for a while, but still, I found that very interesting for him. He he said that he thinks the Colts are awful. They're terrible. Uh, probably the same way a lot of Steeler fans would describe the Steelers right now, uh, but ultimately, it's going to be an interesting matchup. Now, want to focus solely on the Steelers for a second here, Brian. A lot of people are... Go ahead. Do you want to say something? No, I,
1: I... That pause... Confuse
2: me. So, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I was looking at my notes. Um, a lot of people right now are thinking, you know, it's it's tank. It's tank, tank, tank. Don't don't win games. You can win by losing. I am someone that thinks that there is still value in the Steelers winning some football games down the stretch. Whether they make the playoffs or not, that's neither here nor there. No one should even be talking about that at three and seven, in my opinion. In your opinion, though, Brian. Explain to me why you find value or maybe why you don't find value in the Steelers still playing hard, still trying to win and actually winning games
1: down the stretch. Because they are improving themselves and they are getting themselves ready for next year. So I know not a lot of people want to hear that, but like I always try to explain, you know, a guy like a guy like uh, Dan Moore, Jr., do you think he wants to improve or do you think he wants to tank so the Steelers possibly pick the left tackle of the future? And and you know what they say? A draft pick took your job, daddy. <laughs> no, that, that, that's not what they I love want. That. <laughs> Sorry, so I'm So much ro- better
2: than your yinzer. <laughs> Please don't ever go back to that.
1: Oh, I, I'm hooked now. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, you know, that's the thing. All those players are playing to stay. I just talked about the Colts with that. You know, Matt Ryan I actually would love to come back next year. I don't know what his contract status is. But for the Steelers, Kenny Pickett has – he now has so many games to improve. And what are they – after this game, they'll have six left or seven left? I'm trying to remember. After
2: this game, there's seven games
1: left right now. After this game will be six. So they'll have six games left after this game – and every little step up that ladder for everybody helps. If we see Najee Harris, and it looks like Najee Harris, the last couple of weeks, he's been in the 90s with, with running games. If we see him get that 100-yard game and get a couple more 100-yard games, you know what happens? That means he's a lot farther down the road for year number three. So all this, all these guys can do is improve. Now, we're not talking about playoffs. If, if the planets align and, you know, something crazy happens, I don't think it's going to. But if it does, you know, th- that's fine. But really what you're doing is trying to improve your team and know who you are, one, going into the draft for the for the management, and two, going into next year where they have something locked down so much more and there's so much less to improve upon.
2: I guess for me, these guys are professionals. And like you said, they're playing for a lot of money. They're playing for their jobs. You think about, rattle off the players that are playing in a contract year. Demonte KZ, Terrell Edmonds, Cam Sutton. Those three defensive backs alone right there should have Steeler fans going, oh, wow. Yeah, like that's, those are big names. Those are big pieces of the defensive puzzle. Some people might not want Cam Sutton back. Some people might not want Edmonds back. That's neither here nor there. Those guys are not going to want to tank for a stupid draft pick. If they're not going to be on the team next year, it just, that doesn't make sense. So they're going to be out there busting their balls, trying to, trying to make every possible play. And they're going to try to win some football games. I think back to 2019. And that's obviously where we all go to because that was the year that Ben Roethlisberger was lost with the elbow injury and that Mason Rudolph, duck Hodges season. It was crazy, but there were a lot of times if Steeler fans thought this team is dead. And then they kind of rose from the ashes like a Phoenix, and then, obviously, we know how it ended. But still, this team, if they continue to improve, well, they could also make some noise down the stretch. The, the, the way the schedule plays out, it is favorable for the Steelers. Now, they still have to go out and take care of business. I'm not giving them games. You, do, you can't do that with this team. But my question for you next, Brian, is let's say the Steelers' offense, they're, they're starting to figure it out. I think they're starting to figure out some things they start to figure it out. And maybe they average down these last seven games, or even if you use the, the game last week where they put up 30 points, let's say they average like 24 points in the final stretch of the game, of the, of their games. And everyone's saying, wow, this offense was starting to turn it around and Matt Canada comes back. What are your thoughts? If that situation
1: plays out, <clears throat> you cannot play poorly to get a coach fired. I would hope that what he had not accomplished before they start playing well towards the end is, uh, is noticed. And I hope it's, in his case, I hope it's a little too late. And that's really harsh, and I hate being the guy saying that. But I, I hope they've looked at this and already made up their mind because then you can go back into the same type of situation, you know, falter for the first 10 games, be out of it and raise your, raise your game just enough to keep the OCs job again. I, I would just hate to see that. Um, So, you know, I hope they go ahead and take a look at it, but one thing that it does, it also, if you're averaging 24, 25 points a game down the stretch, that then you have a core of what you can do going forward for the players, something you're used to, And something you figured out now, hey, we know we're capable of this. And that kind of happened. You talked about the Duck Hodges year. That happened. That team went out. We know how it ended. But they started off 11-0. And there were a lot of younger players on both offense and defense that were elevated by the way they played when they had nothing to lose.
2: Yeah you know, I've talked about this on my let's ride podcast and it's, it was, I've just about a month ago, I finished Bill Cowher's book, phenomenal book. If you've never read it, it's worth reading it. It's ridiculously sad at the end, but that's more of his personal life, not the Steelers. And he talked about though, every time they had a losing season, he used it and felt that it was a catapult into next year. And he really emphasized to the players, even when they were mathematically eliminated that what they need to do is they need to all focus on the collective. They need to do their individual jobs because not only, like I said, are you playing for your job, but you're playing for next year as well. And that's why I think that, especially with an offense, that's so young. I mean, just think about it. Who is the oldest player on the offensive side of the football? Is it James Daniels or Mason Cole? I mean, those guys are young anyways. They're on their second contracts. Well, Mason Cole got traded. That's neither here nor there. But still, I mean, everyone else is just so green and so young. Deontay Johnson, is he, look well, like in terms of tenure in the NFL, one of the older offensive players, like it's insane. They need to see success. They need to score some points, and they need to maybe do it despite their offensive coordinator. You just hope that whoever's in charge, and in this case, it would be Omar Khan and or Art Rooney, I guess Mike Tomlin, that even if the offense does kind of turn it around, they, they have the – the wherewithal to say, yeah, it's okay now. We've seen enough, though, and it's we've seen too much. And they get rid of Matt Cannon and bring someone in that they think is going to be better suited for the players and the personnel that they have. But we'll get to that when we cross that bridge. But in other words, Brian, you're saying that there's still a lot to play for for this team, correct?
1: Yeah, there's, uh, and it's not pride. It's playing for your football life is what it is and elevating yourself so much more for when you get started next year.
2: Yeah. All right, let's take a look at this matchup a little bit more uh, in depth and let's start off with the injury report. This is something that was weird because typically we're doing this on Thursday and we're talking about the final injury report coming out on Friday. Well, now it's Sunday. Everything has been solidified. The only thing that has yet to be determined is if the Steelers choose to have a call-up on Monday, they can do that. They could maybe take someone like Anthony McFarland off the practice squad and elevate him for the game. But let's take a look at the injury report. As we sit here right now, um, let me bring it up. I've, there we go. So the Steelers injury report. Here's what the Saturday uh, injury report was. That was November 26th. Connor Hayward was sick, but he had re- missed some practice time. Earlier in the week, he was a full participant. Mason Cole with his foot was a full participant. James Daniels, he popped up with a groin injury. He was a full participant. Uh, TJ Watt, Cam Hayward, and Larry Ogunjobi Uh, They were given days off, but Larry Ogunjobi popped up on Saturday with a toe injury, and he was limited because of that. One issue or question mark that the fans might want to think about is Robert Spillane. He missed a lot of practice time this week. He was limited on Saturday with a back injury. Miles Boykin with an oblique was limited. Akella Witherspoon didn't practice all week, and neither did Jalen Warren. So when you look at the game status, typically we don't have this information available on the Steelers Preview Podcast, but still Akella Witherspoon and Jalen Warren with their hamstrings have been ruled out. Robert Spillane with his back injury is questionable, and Miles Boykin with the oblique is questionable. When you think about all this stuff, Brian, what do you think about the injury report?
1: Well, the two guys that I worry about the most on there are Jalen Warren because we, we see how he could change the running game. The running game still did well last week, but – that change of pace helps and not leaving Najee on an island is a very important thing. Boykin is probably one of the most valuable players on this team. And I would not be surprised if he gets a vote when they vote for the MVP because everything that he has done as a special teamer is huge. He is your modern day, even though that was modern day too, Darius Hayward Bay. He's your DHB and he knows who he is. Yeah.
2: I When I see this, yes, Jalen Warren being out is is not ideal. Najee Harris can handle the workload. We know that from last year. So if they have to only miss him for one game, get his hamstring right, that's fine. I'm really curious with Robert Spillane. Now, this guy's missed a lot of practice time this week. Does this mean that Mark Robinson gets a helmet? Is this mean that maybe Devin Bush and Miles Jack get used more in passing situations? Something we've all been clamoring for for a long time as we watch Robert Spillane get abused over and over and over again in past coverage i don't know i don't know this is going to be really interesting when the inactive list comes out on monday it's an hour and a half before kickoff so it's not going to be till run dinner time on the east coast but still keep your eye out on what the steelers plan to do with that uh in regards to the uh the injury report and, and players like boykin and Splain. now brian
1: do you want me to read through the colts or do you have it i have it right here we might have different ones so you might have to help me out i have four guys here As of Sunday, November 27th, Kyle Kylan Granson, he's a tight end. He has an illness. He did not practice on Saturday. He's doubtful for week 12 versus the Steelers. So what kind of illness is that? Zaire Franklin has an illness. I don't know if it's the same one. He's an outside linebacker. He's questionable against Pittsburgh. Here's the big one. Quitty Pay. He was, uh, I believe he's a second year man, a defensive end. Out of Michigan, he is out for week 12. He's expected to return in week 13. We don't care about week 13. We care about Quiddy Pay in this game and him not being there. That's a very good defense. And with him not being there, that, that aids the Steelers just a little. And then John Hurst, the wide receiver, with an ankle he's questionable for week 12.
2: Wow, so do you have Yannick Ngakwe? Ngakwe, or oh, you said? Yes, I did. I I okay. did
1: have Ngakwe because they break it up here. This is this is really weird because they had Ngakwe on Friday, so he's the he has a back injury. He did not practice. He's questionable. That's a big deal. That guy has <laughs> has destroyed Pittsburgh for years and years and years. And on Thanksgiving Day, DeForest Buckner had some ribs that they were looking at a defensive tackle, but he had a full practice on Saturday. He's questionable. That look kind of looks like he's going to go though.
2: Where can I ask this? You did nothing wrong. Where did you get your injury report from CBS? Okay. Because the Steelers website, they might be, trust me, that site is a, as a train wreck. Anyways, that whole organization on the back end is a train wreck. Uh, they only had four players on the injury report for the Colts. Cause that's where I pull my stuff from for articles and everything. They only had four players. They had Granson and Nagakwe, Quidipe and Buckner, all was questionable. No one ruled out. Maybe they changed it. I just refreshed the page thinking, you know, maybe I missed something. Maybe I pulled it earlier and they, they downgraded players. Who knows? I, I don't know. Like I said, the Steelers organization is a train wreck. So <laughs>
1: where, where I made my mistake I didn't look at Friday and Thursday at first. I just, so the CBS website, it gives you a different, a different guy each day as they're added to it. They don't have the same list.
2: No, I trust your list. That's fine. I I hope Quiddy pay doesn't play that rhymed. All right. uh, Let's go with uh, Felicia gives us $2 says if the NFL could flex Monday night football, they would go Steelers. Well, Felicia next year in 2023, Week 12, week 12, they they (laughs) can flex Monday night football. So uh, if the Steelers are on Monday night next year, I'd expect it to be late in the season again. They're probably like, ah, that the Steelers stink, uh, then maybe we want to have them be able to be flexed out. Yeah, I'm sure they don't want this matchup. It's just like all the times they have Thursday night games and they're just like, man, this is going to suck. But, hey, no one knows what the schedule is going to look like. I'm sure there are games that, you know, on paper – when they're doing the schedule thought that this is going to be a really good matchup. And then all of a sudden it just doesn't look that good. Think about uh, the four twenty five game today, LA Rams, Kansas city chiefs, everyone's saying it's going to be a rematch of the 50, 50 game, which was down in Mexico. I think maybe in 2019
1: or something like that.
2: Amazing. Doesn't look that. that. Doesn't look that good. Does it? (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> no. And boy, by gosh, they're going to have logistical nightmares when they do this, but that's fine. Everybody's been clamoring for it. It's something they need to do to make their yeah. product better. But we're going to be doing a lot of cussing. I could tell you that when wow. they move a Steelers game and we've got to move stuff around for sure. For sure.
2: OK, now, like I said, Dave Schofield is with family right now. He's had something happen. He's going to be he's not with us today. He'll be uh, back for the game on Monday and he'll be on the postgame show But what we always do after the injury report is we do over-under. Now, how this is going to work is Brian and I are going to give our over-unders. We're going to run through those over-unders. I'm going to send them to Dave. And if you want to hear not only what Dave took in terms of over-under, you got to check out Brian Davis's Bad Language podcast. Now, that's only on our audio side, so wherever you are doing that, wherever you get your podcast, Search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain, you'll get my Let's Ride podcast, Brian's Bad Language. Uh, You'll get Maddie Peverell's War Room podcast. Uh, you'll get uh, Dave Stat Geek. All these podcasts that are not live on YouTube or Facebook, you can check those out there. So let's ready. Let's get ready to do an over-under. After the over-under, we're going to take a quick break. Then we'll get into our spread predictions and trivia, all that good stuff. Brian, are you ready?
1: Yes, and I got to start this out with the, the sun shining on a dog's butt has finally happened because I'm in, so in the lead. Yeah. What is the what is the rankings? You didn't say them on bad language. Last I week. don't. I don't have the exact numbers because I lost my page <laughs> that oh, day. Oh my god! So I'm gonna go. No, I have it. It's okay. on my desk. <laughs> I just don't have it in front of me right now. But I had uh because we're now even though we have six, we count two with the game now. The reason we count two with the game because it's we're given the over and the under, and we're given the score. So we're given the spread. So. I just had a, a week where I had seven out of eight.
0: Wow.
2: There you go. I thought I had a pretty good week last week, but we'll see. All right. This week, over under. Let's get this started with. As we always start with Kenny Pickett. KP eight passing yards. I have the line set at two ten and a half. So two ten and a half. Brian,
1: what do you think? I'm gonna go over and here's why. I think he's kind of uh he kind of made that leap. In the game against the Bengals, and I expect him instead of being in the 190s, I expect him to be around the 215, 220s mark.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna go with over as well, slightly over. They're in a dome. I think that benefits him. Uh, I, he seems like a guy, and he's actually said this during his media availability this week that you know he loves to play in a dome because it's 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 a controlled environment. He doesn't have to worry about the wind, doesn't have to worry about uh, the cold, the football being a little bit different, or anything like that. I think that's going to benefit Kenny. I'm going to go with over, over two ten and a half. Next, let's go to this is interesting. I'm, I tried to divvy it out a little bit different than normal. George Pickens receptions, so not targets, not yards. How many times does he catch the football? I have the line set at five and a half. I yeah.
1: think last I think last week proved that they are really looking at him as a wide receiver number one. I expect him to have, you know, at the least six. Okay. So let's go ahead with six. Let's go ahead with over.
2: I too, am going to say over. I think they're going to find creative ways or they're going to try to have creative ways to get the ball into George Pickens hands. Maybe you see him on one of those pop passes underneath. That still counts as a reception folks. If it's on a jet sweep handoff and it's just one of those where the quarterback catches it in the shotgun and pops it forward. That actually counts as a pass and a reception. So Maybe they find some unique ways of getting him the football. I'm going to go over. I think he'll be around seven. I think he's going to be around seven. Next one is Pat Fryermuth targets. Now, I think last week he was targeted a whopping 12 times, and I think that was a career high for him as well. I don't think that's a a trend that's going away, so I set the line at nine and a half. Brian, what do you think?
1: That's really, really hard, uh, but I don't expect him to. When I see something like 12, I expect them to continue to look for him over the middle, which is the smart thing to do. People that don't know the Steelers that well are finding out who Pat Fryermuth is right now and what a tight end can do for a young quarterback. I'm going to have to say over.
2: Okay, I think that, you know, you, you look at the the past defense of the Colts. They might try to take away Pickens and Deontay Johnson. Pat Fryermuth is going to be the guy that might be that matchup they like. I'm going to go... Man, this is tough. I even create these stupid lines. Um, I'm going to go I'm gonna go over with 10. I'm going to go over with 10. I, I Maybe that's wishful thinking.
1: I don't know. I almost had to do the, you know, you win it, Jeff.
2: <laughs> All right, let's go Deontay Johnson yards. Yards receiving. Uh, let's have the, my how the mighty have fallen. 47 and a half. 47 and a half yards for Deontay
1: Johnson. What do you think here, Brian? I think Deontay Johnson's a forgotten man. And it would it would take a great play to early to get him back over it. I don't know if that's gonna happen. I kind of feel like he's gonna go over, but with what I've seen recently, I have to take the under. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go over.
2: I'm gonna go over here. I don't think it's by much. I think he's gonna be around 50-55 yards. And it at least will be a step in the right direction. The one thing that we've known about Deontay Johnson is that he is capable um, of getting open. He is capable of big plays. Now it's just a matter of, are they going to be able to get him the football? I just think that Deontay Johnson's due for a game, which is not a big game. 50, 55 yards is not a big game, but I got the over here. Let's go to the defensive side of the ball for the last two. The Pittsburgh Steelers defense sacks of the statue, Matt Ryan. There's not many statues in the league anymore, by the way. Most guys are mobile enough to elude pressure, whether it's a Joe Burrow or even a Tua down in Miami. Not everyone is, you know, lightning fast like Lamar Jackson, but Matt Ryan is not either of those. They've been sacked a lot, too. The Colts offense has given up, I think, 40 sacks, which is tied for the worst in the league But you know what you always say, Brian, when they go up against a crappy offensive line, you never really think they're going to do much. I have the line at three and a half
1: over under. And that's the only reason I'm going the under. I really feel that we could see the over here, but the difference with sacks from three to four, it's huge. Yeah. So I'm going to go under.
2: I'm going to go over with four. And the reason why I'm going to go over with four is because I think the Steelers, if they have a, if they want to win this game, they have to really harass Matt Ryan. They've got to do it from the interior. You got to have Larry O. You got to get Cam Hayward to collapse that pocket. Don't give him a place to step up. I think they can do it. I'm going to go over with four. And the last one, Steelers takeaways, taking the football away. Let me look here. I have my numbers. the The, the Colts are minus eight. In differential, they've given the ball away 19 times this year. Uh I have a line at one and a half. That seems low with those stats that I just read off. What do you think, Brian?
1: Yeah, but, you know, you don't expect him to. You expect two to be the high. That's why, I mean, I really think two is going to happen. Just like last week, it happened. So I'm going to take the over, but don't be surprised if it doesn't happen. I'm going to go under with one.
2: I'm going to go under with one. I think it's going to be key. Maybe it's an interception that really sets up the offense. I don't know. But I'm going to go under uh, with one at this point. So there you go. There's the over-under for this week. For those that are watching uh, live on YouTube or Facebook, we aren't going anywhere. For those that are listening on the audio side, we will
0: be right back after a word from these sponsors. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law.
1: 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: All right, Steeler fans, welcome back. Steeler's preview continues. A little score update for those that are watching live. The AFC North News here. Bengals, Titans tied up 13 apiece at, nearing the end of the third quarter. Uh, for those, hey, this matters. The end of the third quarter, the Jets are stomping the Bears 31-10. to 10. So for all of you that are looking at that second round draft pick for Chase Claypool, looking good so far. The Cleveland Browns are trailing the Buccaneers early in the fourth quarter, 17 to 10. The Buccaneers have the lead on the road. And the Baltimore Ravens, they are in a really strange game with the Jaguars. Ravens lead 12 to 10 with roughly seven minutes left in quarter three. So man, like those are some really strange like that Ravens game. What are they just kicking field (laughs) goals?
1: Yeah, I guess they are. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> what was happening when I was watching it before the Speedo incident. But you know, I, I'm looking at that. That's anytime Jacksonville's involved anymore, it's a weird game. But anytime Baltimore's involved, they they just do some weird stuff. But they know how to come on at the end. That's so. That's the thing I'm looking at here. You know, the other the other game that I'm really looking at, I'm looking at it for different reasons than everybody else. I don't care if Cleveland wins. In fact, okay. it benefits the Steelers actually if Cleveland wins because Cleveland doesn't get that draft pick, Houston does. Oh, so you're in full tank mode. You're, you're I, I'm not, I'm not. <laughs>
0: not, not,
2: not, not, no. I'm when not. I say tank mode, I, I that was the wrong choice of words. The website yeah. I have a, is called
1: Tankathon. Yeah, I, I look So at you're like, on
2: your full on Tankathon, like checking the draft order
1: every week. I well, love. Well, here's the fun. reason why, though. Houston, if they're smart, we don't know if they're smart. But if they're smart, they take a quarterback. This is the time. They're probably going to have the number one overall pick. This is yeah. when they should take a quarterback. But you don't want them to be picking ahead of the Steelers. Right now, Tankathon's showing the uh, the Browns at seven and the Steelers at eight. So you don't really want that Browns pick to go to the, uh, the Texans ahead of the Steelers when they can take a defensive player or a big offensive lineman. So it's just like, and I wrote this, in my article, but I'm going to spoil it. It's just like in Die Hard, which we always talk about being a Christmas movie and a movie that Dave Schofield has never seen, by the way. But what's the one line that nobody talks about sooner or later, I will get to someone you really do care about. It's true. That's a bad Hans Gruber. Sorry. <laughs> Sheenstein Finster,
2: <laughs> Shoot the glass. Okay. I have a question for you because I'm looking at these scores on my phone. And you know a lot of a lot of people last off season, you know the the couch colberts as they say on what Yin's talking about. <laughs> the couch um, obviously, it's the, con well, the now. Couch cons. I, now. Yeah. It's couch cons. Yeah, they were all saying they need to the Steelers need to you know, trade for a Russell Wilson, trade you know, get get Aaron Rodgers in Pittsburgh. I mean, can you imagine being a Broncos fan right now? They are losing seventeen to three to the Carolina Panthers in the fourth quarter. A and very they, they can't do anything. And they gave up everything for that guy and they paid him a huge contract.
1: Could you imagine that, Brian? I play trivia and I play fantasy with a guy, the same guy that's a huge Broncos fan. And we just talked about it last week. He said, never thought Russell Wilson was going to be this bad.
2: (laughs) I mean, it, it could work out, I guess, in the long run. But I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, this is atrocious. And they just went down twenty to three. The Panthers just kicked a field goal, and so you're you're watching this you thing. They just traded so much away for this guy, and they're not getting anything in return. And no. you think about Seattle's laughing all the way to the bank. Think about Green Bay and what they gave Aaron Rodgers, and he sucked this year. And so, and I'll ask you this: I asked this to Jeremy Betts on uh, the Friday Let's Ride podcast. I'll ask you this as well: if you had to choose between Kenny Pickett. And Zach Wilson, who would you take?
1: Really, definitely Kenny Pickett after last week. And, uh, you know, the no apology. Yeah, I mean, Zach Wilson, I believe, is not in the game when
2: they're scoring 31 points, by the way. He was not playing today. Yeah, no, Mike White.
1: And here's the thing. Not only is this guy not doing what a number two quarterback should do, two, he might date your mom's best friend. He might date your mom, and he's telling his team he he's the kind of player that's showing that he's not a team player. But when you have to apologize later for a comment you said, yeah. like, no, I didn't let my team down. They let me down. When you say that, they're not playing for you. You think they're playing for Mike White today? Yes, they are. they are. They're trying to make Mike White look as good as they possibly can because you just shot onto that side of the locker room. And that makes them look very, very bad. Kenny Pickett's one guy that you know he's a team leader and you know he's a – he'll blame himself first. He's a team leader and a player. I'll take him nine times out of ten only because I don't think my mom – he'll take my mom for me. She's 75 and I i don't <laughs> okay, think she's all right. in his league.
2: We, we, can, we can just stop it there. <laughs> <laughs> I had to, Jeff. Let me ask you this. Would you take Kenny Pickett or Trevor Lawrence? That's a first overall draft pick, by the way. Kenny was taken 20th. I'm taking Trevor Lawrence. Are you really? Yeah, I am. I I think he has not looked good. I mean, at at all, at any time. Has there been a game where people say, wow, there's Trevor Lawrence. That's the number one overall draft pick. That's that guy that we all thought he was going to be when he was in Clemson. Has he had that game? Because if so, I'm not saying he hasn't. I'm just saying it, it could. But I I don't watch the Jaguars, so I don't know. I don't think he's had that
1: moment, that game. I think he's been close to above average. How's that say? How's that? You just described
2: Kenny Pickett. (laughs) Close to above average.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you know what? I don't, I might not know what I'm talking about here. I, You know, that might be really tough. I'd like to, you know what? BTA social media, there you go. Yeah. I'd love to see what everybody says on Twitter. It, it's it's one of those things
2: where I've, I'm, I'm saying this intentionally because there are a lot of fans that always are so enamored with picks when they, when they happen. And, you know, Zach Wilson was a one-year wonder for BYU, and Trevor Lawrence had a much better resume. He deserved to be the number one overall pick, but they don't always pan out. They don't always be that game-breaker that you think you're getting. And so, you know, even looking – this is something Felicia brought up in the live chat, and I know we've gone way off the beaten path here, but that's okay. We have some time. The Deshaun Watson trade can come back and absolutely kill the Browns too. The contract they gave him, the fully guaranteed money, everyone thinks that Deshaun Watson is going to pick up where he left off. The guy hasn't played football in almost two years, so it's one of those things where I don't know, Brian. What do you? Th- what, what are your thoughts on all like all of this? This is interesting.
1: Yeah, that that's really true. You know, you look at the whole Deshaun Watson thing, and we we've seen with I, I know it's not the same thing, but when Le'Veon Bell took that long to finally play again, he just was a completely different guy and not having those reps on Sundays and not having those reps last year, that, that just killed, that could possibly kill this guy. So I'm anxious to see how it all works out. I know we're going to see it on a, on a Monday night in Pittsburgh. We're going to see that happen at the end of the season, I'm interested to see what he looks like for this team, but I don't think at this point, even the money that's that's gonna hurt this team. I I just think they uh, they flaccoed themselves. It's 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 interesting because I think I go back to the post
2: game show that we did after the Cincinnati game last week, and someone that actually contributes to our, our podcast platform, State of the Steelers, said that they're gonna have the worst quarterback in the AFC North, and I'm thinking. Well, A, we don't know that, but think about what you just said, and there's a lot of people in the live chat that are agreeing that they would take Kenny Pickett over Trevor Lawrence. They would take Kenny Pickett over Zach Wilson. Give the kid a chance. He might be yeah. better than Deshaun Watson, the way that Deshaun Watson plays. I mean, you don't know. And if if he's better than Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson ends up going elsewhere because they won't give him a contract, next thing you know, what are you looking at? You might have the second-best quarterback in the in the division. Who knows? But uh, So there you go. Anything else to add before we move on, Brian?
1: No, the only reason I took Lawrence is because I think pedigree and I think he yeah. is, uh, maybe if he is on a better team, I would think that he would be a whole lot better. That's true. Jacksonville, it's, it's tough to say, but I really like Lawrence, but I, I'm happy with Pickett, and right yeah. now I'm keeping Pickett.
2: Let's keep that in mind, folks, as you watch a rookie quarterback trying to navigate through some tough waters. And that was a hell of a stretch. He went through, by the way, when he started playing, I was thinking about that uh, this past weekend, driving down to Richmond, Virginia to visit family. And I was just thinking about the murderers row that Kenny Pickett went through uh, to start his career it was just was difficult. Really, really difficult. Even the jets, even when he came in at halftime, that's tough. You're in a Buffalo, Philadelphia. Uh, it's just, man, it's been tough. And even Cincinnati's a good defense. So keep all this in mind. All right we'll keep you up to date with those scores for those that are watching live. Uh, but still let's talk about some over under. I'll give you the over under in the current spread via the DraftKings sportsbook. sports book. Let's see here. Uh, the Steelers. I have it right here. Two and a half. They're getting two and a half points. I want to ask you what you think about that first, Brian, the spread Steelers getting two and a half on the road. What do you think? Not a prediction. What do you think about the spread?
1: That means that they think these teams are even.
2: I think more than even when you think about it. And that's what I was asked by the other editor of Stampede Blue. He said, what do you think about the two and a half? And if I'm a Colts fan, I'm thinking, basically, you think we're dogs. We're underdogs. What is the standard spread for a home team? Three points. They're taking a half point away. They, they, they know something. The, the books know something. Trust me, they do. They're really good at what they do. So the spread is two and a half in the Steelers' favor. The over-under set at 39 and a half. What do you th- I have Dave's prediction? Dave sent me his prediction. I have his prediction right here, but I want to get yours
1: first, Brian. How do you see this game shaking out what's your final score? All right, so I am going to go ahead and I'm taking the Pittsburgh Steelers to win this game just because I think I'm a hopeless romantic. Um, I am gonna go with a score of 20 to 19. So I'm taking the under. So you have 20 to 19 in yep. favor of Pittsburgh? Yep. All right.
2: I'll go ahead and give you Dave's score now. Dave said he has Steelers winning this game 17 to 13. A very low scoring game. Very low scoring game. And for me, I think the Steelers offense is going to continue to put up some points. No, I don't see them getting to 30 this week. I think the Colts defense is very good, but I think they're going to continue to they're going to continue to do the job. They're going to continue to improve in certain areas and i think that Najee harris is going to have a decent game here as hopefully as a receiver and as a runner i have the steelers winning this game 23 to 21 23 to 21 so that's my final score i'm going over i'm taking the over 23 21 um i just think jonathan taylor still he scares the bejesus out of me <laughs> he is a really really dynamic running back and i know he hasn't had the best season thus far but you know that that can change like that i mean just just like that. So it's going to be interesting. I'll take the Steelers, though, finding a way. 23-21, my final score. So we all took the Steelers. That's interesting. So, okay, this is typically the time where we transition into trivia. Dave's not here for his trivia. So, Brian,
1: you have trivia, yes? Yes, I do. So this one should be quick. the second one you're not going to know of, but you're going to learn something neat. Yeah, so yeah. the first one on November 28th, which is tomorrow on November 28th 2005 these were much different teams cuz the colts were undefeated and the steelers were uh, they were trying to get everything back together they were in that that uh that mini losing streak in november and it's funny because that's uh actually I'll talk about that later but when you look at that game they blew the steelers out 26 to 7 remember it well i thought it was 3 so if you remember it well what were the only points scored by the Steelers in that game? <laughs> I can still remember the first uh the first play from scrimmage. Ike Taylor Coles. getting left. Lamb- Ike Taylor busted. getting
2: just burnt by Marvin Harrison. Um so they Pittsburgh had seven. They scored a touchdown in that game. Yes. that what you said. Yes. Was it a rushing touchdown or a passing touchdown? It was a passing okay. touchdown. I'm gonna go with uh a Hines Ward touchdown reception.
1: Jeff, come on. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to do that to you. So where we go back to 2005, let's go back a lot longer than that. And this is actually, well, let me ask you this question. Cause this was to lead up to this, the Steelers and the Colts have played each other multiple times in the playoffs. How many times have they played and what is the Steelers record in those games? Well, it, the Steelers the Steelers have a really good record against the
2: Colts in their in the overall history. I have to do that for my preview article. 26, 26, 26 to six. 6. Yeah, and they've won 7 straight games against the Colts. Um ah uh, In the playoffs? In the playoffs. See, Baltimore I, I and Indianapolis. Oh gosh, I don't know that then. Um I'll say six times.
1: They played 5 times, Ooh, Jeff. Okay. what's the the record for the Steelers in those games? Four and one five and oh. Oh, nice. There you go. Now, in one game, the Pittsburgh Steelers back in 1976 are credited with saving hundreds of lives. Why is that in 1976 in that game? Oh, wasn't that when
2: the plane flew into the stadium, but it was such a blowout that everyone had left? (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I heard. I remember hearing about that. Obviously, I wasn't born, but they were like, "Yeah, it was such a blowout that everyone left." And it was like, "Well, that little two seater plane in Baltimore."
1: Yeah. So what happened was actually a uh, a police officer was injured, but it was a Piper Cherokee that a thirty three year old named Donald Croner who was uh, who had some problems. He passed away in two thousand thirteen. Nobody was killed. He was taken to the hospital, and then he went to. He was charged with, and I believe it was, um, malicious destruction of property and violation of aviation ordinances for two years. He he served three months of that two-year sentence. But there was a former cult named Bill Pellington that I guess this Kroner guy did not like because he was accused of dropping a bottle and toilet paper from his plane onto the roof of Pellington's Timonium restaurant, trying to set it on fire. Um, Also... In the plane, the quarterback at the time was was Burt Jones. You might remember that. He had a note to Burt Jones in the plane and a can of uh, a yellow spray enamel, a can of spray snow, and a note that said, to Burt Jones, quarterback from Blue Max, good luck. You be more Colts. <laughs> Just a oh really wild... wow. <laughs> Could have been a really bad situation.
2: I didn't know that it was malicious. Yeah. Flying that plane in. I doubt, I did not hear that part of it. I knew that about the plane crash in, as, as they say in Maryland, Baltimore, not Baltimore, yeah. Baltimore. Um, but man, I didn't know that that was the head. It was malicious intent. Fine. That's crazy. That is. Yeah. Crazy. So
1: that's the, the Steelers, because they beat the Colts 40 to 14 are credited with saving so many lives.
2: <laughs> All right. Let's let's play my little game that I like to do. I've been doing it this season is. Current or not current, but recently current Steelers that also played for Indianapolis. So Mike Mitchell, he went to Uh, Indianapolis. Sean Davis. Didn't he go to Indianapolis? Yeah.
1: Yeah. He ended up with the Colts. Trying to think if there's anyone else. Can you think of anyone? Darius Hayward Bay came from the Colts, did not come from the Raiders. That's true. That's true. Anyone else that left
2: Pittsburgh to go to? Indiana?
1: Oh, oh! I got one that left. I got a bad one. I got one that left Baltimore. Excuse me, left Indy to go to the Colts. Dante Moncrief.
2: Oh, what is Mon- Moncrief came to Pittsburgh from Indy, right? Did yeah. He go to Indy. No, he came from Indy. Who picked him up? Carolina? When he left Pittsburgh, didn't some someone picked him up? Someone gave a flyer on that.
1: Seattle. Game. I think
2: it's Seattle. I think it was Carolina. Something tells me Carolina. I don't know. All right. Hey, it's it's a fun game. I like to play. It's like mental math for me, just trying to think about players that have come and gone from a specific team. All right, Brian, that kind of does it. Let's do some final thoughts. What do you think about this game?
1: Well, let me tell you about this game. Because of this game, the girl I was dating at the time thought I was going to leave her because the Steelers were in the midst of a three-game losing streak and thought that maybe I was going to think that it was a jinx. I remember her asking me what the score of the game was while I was watching it, and I was talking to her on the phone. I'm like, I know this is bad. I'd rather talk to you. I did end up keeping her, and she's my wife now. So I I love to bring that up. But you talked about something earlier in the game, and I talk about this all the time. The hearts that beat in the chest of these players – if in the next six games and tomorrow being seven, you could find out a whole lot more and feel a whole lot better about your purchase of Kenny Pickett, then you're going to really notice how great next year can possibly be. Now I might've mentioned this, or I might've thought I was going to mention this, but even though that the uh, 2020 season wasn't that great, they did go 11 and 0 to start that. And, a lot of those players can credit getting better and finding out who they were. The team found out who they were. So these games are important. They're not just important to see who they're going to pick and how early in the draft they're going to pick. It's who they're going to keep and who they're going to trust going forward. And you're going to find some players that you can trust. We found a player when we found out that he was out last week, we were devastated when Mason Cole left that game. We were also upset when we found out that Jalen Warren left that game. So you're already finding guys that you trust and you're counting on, not just to finish this year, but for next year going forward. And Mason Cole is going to be on that list of guys that you don't want to see walk out of that locker room to go somewhere else in 2023. So you're on the ground floor of the beginning of greatness again. I really think you are. No matter what your feelings of who the coach is, what the scheme is, they are turning this thing around and it's not going to really happen in 2022, but it's going to be the start of what could be awesome in 2023, Jeff.
2: All right, it's good stuff. That's good stuff. Make sure if you want my thoughts on this upcoming game, you check out my Let's Ride podcast tomorrow, Monday. I'll give you everything our, my DraftKings Sportsbook Parlay, talk about predictions, explain the keys to victory, all that good stuff. Make sure you check that out. And make sure you check out all of our audio content wherever you get your podcast by searching Steelers or behind the steel curtain and follow us. You won't regret it. Put it that way. All right. Good show, Brian. We'll be back on Thursday next week as we preview the next game, which is a trip to Atlanta, another dome, another, uh, another dome team. We'll have you there on Thursday, regular time, or what is it? Regular bat time, regular bat channel, I think. So uh, we will see you next week. Uh, Do you want to do it? The Felicia send off Brian, since Dave's not here.
1: I don't know if I can. I'm gonna give it a shot. Okay. Hey. Oh no, gosh. Was a... <laughs> you hey. try it, Jeff.
0: Yeah. Hey. We'll to... see you. Next.